How we going, mates? Welcome back to The Top Step. My name is Ryan Roland-Smith. We've got a quick one, but a good one, a lot to cover. It's just me, Roland Solo. I'm going to address some concerns. We're seeing with the Seattle Mariners, it's been a rough weekend and a rough Monday night. I get it. Also, too, all of a sudden, Mike Trout, is he available this winter? Now, when everyone's so focused on Otani, we're going after Mike Trout? I don't know. Who would you rather? Who would you rather in this situation? Would you rather go after Otani, Mike Trout? I'm going to get into all that. Also, too, we're going to talk a little bit about around the league, what's happening in that wild card race. Uh, and I also want to address some George Kirby. I know I've banged on on the radio, on TV about this. I've posted some clips. But I want to address it just a little bit more because I've seen some reaction uh, around some of my peers, not players, but around baseball. Let's get into it. Before we do, before we do, make sure you go subscribe. If you want my honest opinions, I know I do TV and radio, but this is where I can unleash. We're going to have really good guests uh, as these weeks go along. Some funny stories with Grant Balfour, 10-year MLB uh, veteran, all-star, and one of my best friends. He jumps on pretty much every week alongside me as well. So let's get right into it. Click subscribe. Enjoy your workout, whatever you're doing. Let's get right into this episode of The Top Step. No matter what happens, Ryan Roland Smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. First appearance of the big leagues. <laughs> Face Hall, Hall of Famer. Famer. <laughs> Especially if he strikes them out. Here comes the one-two pitch to Junior now. The breaking ball. He struck him out. Yeah, that will be a story for the rest of his life. <laughs> as he strikes out Ken Griffey Jr. And the inning is over. But what an inning it was. As six. Victor Martinez and Grant Belfort join and benches have cleared. My goodness. This this is Grant Balfour being Grant Balfour. Yeah. He he is, as you mentioned, Jim, he's amped up. He talks a lot. It's not personalized, but he talks a lot. In fact, he has the demeanor of a guy that wants to fight you. You'll never say that I'm not killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. All right, a lot to get to, but before we get into that, this show is brought to you by Caldera and Lab Men's Skincare, something I use. Gentlemen, first impressions matter, and if you're not taking care of your skin, people will notice, especially as you get older. I just turned 40, trust me. I want to make sure this face looks good. I don't want to get all wrinkly, especially that harsh Australian sun, uh, especially when I go back there. I'm talking to you. Lucky for you, it's not hard. You just don't have the right tools. That's where Caldera Lab comes in. Their products reduce the visibility of wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging. Show your skin who's bossed and make a great first impression with Caldera Lab. If you go to calderalab.com, that's C-A-L-D-E-R-A lab.com slash T-T-S, or you can put T-T-S uh, in the checkout. At, at checkout, you save 20% off. And it's free shipping. That's worldwide. So Aussies, get it. That sun's going to be brutal. Summer's coming up. And I'm telling you right now, if you're like me, right, you get a little bit older, you're looking in the mirror, I'm telling you right now, I, I spend five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night, it is well worth it, I promise you. Grant Balfour uses it as well. So go to www.calderalab.com slash TTS, 20% off, this is good stuff, they have a whole kit, whole routine for you. This show is also brought to you by Manscaped. Football season is back. And you know what that means, touchdown dances, Sunday targets, and epic fantasy showdowns. But fellas, don't forget the real MVP of the season. Introducing the all-new Beard Hedger. All well, you fellas with those winter beards coming in. Pro kit by Manscaped. So the Beard Hedger, pro kit by Manscaped. Your ultimate luxury beard grooming experience. This kit 
is your secret weapon for staying sharp on and off the field. Don't fumble this opportunity. Head to manscaped.com. Put in TTS at checkout. You get 20% off. And Aussies, you get free shipping. That's the best part. Um, and elevate your grooming game with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Join the 9 million men worldwide, including me, you tr- who trust Manscaped. You heard that, right? 9 million men. That's 109 MetLife Stadiums. Or um, Newey... Uh, what do they call it? They call it Marathon Stadium now, but <laughs> they fill up a lot of marathon stadiums. Let me go go the New Nights. They won on the weekend. Good stuff. So go to manscaped.com, put in TTS at checkout. You get 20% off. I'm telling you, the best clippers. Get that beard right. Get downstairs right. Trust me, I use it. I use a nose trimmer. Stuff's legit. 20% off free shipping worldwide. All right, let's get right into it. We've got a lot to get to, guys. First thing I want to address, obviously I've talked about this. I spoke about it a little bit on TV, on Root Sports. George Kirby made some comments on Friday night. And if you're not quite sure what I'm talking about, all you have to do is put in a, on Twitter or Instagram, just put in George Kirby and you'll see what I'm talking about. After the game, he was pitching well at the end, in the last inning, in the seventh inning. He was 90, as he says, he was 90 pitches. I think he was 92 maybe. But um, he went out for that seventh and gave it up. After the game, he was frustrated. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He was frustrated, and he was very candid about his response. He said, uh, I wish I wasn't out there. I was 90, pit, 90, I think he said 90 pitches in, going to the seventh, and someone said, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, I shouldn't have been out there. I wish I wasn't out there. All right, so you're looking at that thinking, well, hold on, what's, what's the big deal? Now, the big deal is this, right? I've banged on about this enough, but – Man, I'm telling you, those comments just don't fly, especially when your bullpen is worn out, especially when your team's in that pennant race. Your value is that high that your manager needs you out there in that seventh inning. So a lot of people, I've heard some reactions you know, around baseball. My, my friends, um, you know, Jake and Jordan over at Cespedes Family Barbecue chimed in on it. They said, oh, well, you know, maybe it's good that he's being honest, this, that, and the other. Okay, sure. Yeah, be honest. Be honest all you want. i got no problem with being honest. That's fine. But understand this. When you say those things, right, if you say them to media members, you better have the same words when you're walking inside that clubhouse. When you're walking around, when you see Ty France, who plays through injuries all the time, when you got Cal Rawley last year with a fractured thumb, still playing, didn't say a word, didn't say boo. He didn't say, oh, I went over four, I shouldn't even be out there. I've got a fractured thumb, thumb fellas, right? Let alone throwing, getting to 100 pitches. Um, um, the, the list, go, list goes on with players around you. Now, what he does next is so crucial. Doesn't mean he has to throw 120 pitches every time out to, to prove his worth. But man, it's going to take some repairing. Now, say this. You can look at this and say, well, his teammates should forgive him. Of course they forgive him. That's that's fine. But I'm talking about his just his what his perception around baseball from his teammates, fans, everything else. Because what happens is this. Young George Kirby, he's a stud, man. He is so good. He is really, really good. When you start making comments about that, there's enough people in and around the game. Still, I know it's brand new and everything's based off analytics and everything else. But the reaction you heard from Roger Clemens, Mark Mulder, Jared Weaver, some of these ex-pitchers, myself, I wasn't too happy about it either. A bunch of dudes. I got you know how many text messages I got on Friday night. I was watching, by the way, I was watching uh, Love is Blind uh, with my wife, and I'm sitting there going, hold on, what's happened here? I had to quickly press pause. And go on because I didn't see the post game comments. I didn't. I wasn't working that night. I was like, "Whoa!" And then I started seeing all the reactions. Well, those same players, those peers that react like that on social, they're in and out, in and around the game. So what happens is this, man. You and again, and I say this. Look, 
I've watched George Kirby all year long, right? He's very emotional. He's super competitive and he's really, really good. But when you make comments like that, you basically sort of have that underlying tone that's saying, well, whatever my thought is when I get into the seventh, if I've thrown 90-something pitches and I think I should be out of there, guess what? I'm good. I'm checked out. That's what it's saying, right? As opposed to your manager saying, bro, we need you. Your value is this high. We need you in the game, right? So it does not sit well with people in the game. Now, if you haven't played, you may not understand that, but it just doesn't sit. It was a really, really bad look. I hope the next morning at Tampa Bay, he went and addressed his team, talked to the guys, looked him in the eye, and I hope he was honest. And I hope he just didn't give the old, hey, guys, I'm really sorry. I messed up, blah, blah, blah. All right, move on. No, no, I hope he said, listen, man, messed up. And it was a, it was a real learning experience for him. I'll give you, give you one example, right? So last year, last year, what am I saying? 2009, I was pitching really well. So I was getting deep into games and I was going seven to eight innings. I used to run out of gas, by the way, man. I'd get to six innings like, God damn, it's like a marathon trying to get through these last couple of innings, fifth, sixth, seventh, for whatever reason. I just was never stamina wise. I could never just roll through, whatever. So but there, was a, there was a stretch I was going through. I was pitching really well, and I was left out there. Like, I was going well over 100 pitches. I'd love to look it up, too. As I'm talking to you, I might even try and have a glance if I can see it. But so what happened was pitching against the Blue Jays, and I was going through a great stretch, pitching well. I get to the set. I hadn't given up a run. Get to the seventh inning, and I'm, I'm approaching not 100, if not at 100 pitches, right? And I get to the seventh inning, and I start running out of gas. That's straight up. Walk a guy. Base hit, Kevin Millar hit a infield hit, two run score. So I'm 100 plus pitches. I know I was 100 plus pitches. And I'm going to look through these game logs here just to, to double check on that. I go into the dugout and I start throwing my stuff. Like I'm like, I'm so angry. I'm, I'm, I'm not mad because I'm still out there. I'm mad at myself because like I was pitching so well. And here I am. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Pitch count. Let's have a look here at Toronto. 114. <laughs> so I threw 114 pitches. So I was 100 plus, right? Against the Blue Jays. Seven innings. Now, this is what happened. So I go out for the seventh and give up two runs. Little infield hit. Couldn't make a play. Something like that. Come in. I'm just angry because I'm like, man, I was dealing. Then I just gave it up. But we still had a 5 2, five two uh um, no, we had a 4-2-2 lead when I came out. I thought I was done. I was mentally, what I'm getting at, I was mentally checked out. Like, I went in the dugout. There was a Mountie down the tunnel, a Canadian police officer. And I'm throwing my stuff. I look at him and go, and I'm dropping F-bombs. He's looking at me like, yeah, shrugging his shoulders. He's like, dude, relax, mate. Like, chill out. But I was so angry. I was super competitive too. And I come back out in the dugout. My manager walks up to me. He's like, hey, you good to go out for the eighth? I'm like, Yes. See the gun, damn dude. I'm like, really? Like I was 100 plus pitches. I was so gassed. I go for the eighth, couldn't get an out, right? I could not get an out. And I walk two hitters, base hit something. Miguel Batista comes in, gives up a, a base clearing double, and I we lose the game five to four. So now, yes, I'm frustrated, right? Because I went from seven innings, two runs, win for the team, blah blah blah, to loss seven innings, five runs because seven plus didn't get an out in the eighth. And so I will say this, the one thought I had on the bus ride to the airport, it was a day, getaway day. I was like, you know what? I'm at that place now in my career. I'm at that place as a pitcher that my value is so high that any other option in the bullpen, a fresh arm, and so we had some nasty dudes down there as well. My brother-in-law was throwing 100, Dave Ardsman. We had, you know, I think Mark Lowe was on that team. A bunch of dudes throwing gas. I'm like, I'm the best option here. This is awesome. I don't even know if the bullpen was worn out. I'd have to go back and think about it. But 
I'm, that, that was my thought in my head. I'm like, you know what? That's my value. I sucked. I ran out of gas. So be it. But you know what? That's my value to this team. So in saying that, George Kirby, put in perspective, the dude's a frigging all-star. And he's a stud. He's way better than I was when I was pitching. All right? So he has to have that mentality saying, this is my value. They're going to live and die from me. This team is going to live and die. The guys are 20, 25 other dudes or 27 because the, the rosters have expanded are living and dying because on me. I'm the dude out there who's going to push them through here. And my bullpen's ran out of gas. That's the mentality you've got to have. So that's why it rubbed so many people around the game. And that's why I got that reaction around the game that it did. It's not this, oh, well, at least he's being honest. And maybe they should have taken him out. It's not about that. The bullpen was gassed. And I'm giving you some perspective because, again, I follow this team. Scott Service needed him out there. He knows that. Lesson learned. George Kirby's a stud. I get it. But I just want to address that one more time. And like I said, I've addressed it a ton. Now, the other thing I want to address too, look. Mike Trout, let's stay on the Mariners here for a second. Let's get into, I'm going to get into Mike Trout and Otani in just a second because I want to talk about that. The Blue Jays are surging. The All of a sudden, the Rangers may have their their uh, their offense back and crushing. It's going to be a tough road for these last, what, 18 games. Last night was an absolute killer for the Mariners for so many different reasons. First of all, they have a tight game. Uh, they crawl back in. The crowd's going nuts. Exhausting, exhausting, exhausting. And then on top of that, your bullpen gets roasted as well. The bullpen is dead set. And this is my, my case with George Kirby. The bullpen is running on absolute fumes right now. There are some dudes, first-timers. I said this back in May. Gabe Spire, Saucedo, and the like. They've having, they're having Topa, who's you know one of your biggest arms. They're having amazing years. They're having career years at this point. And I'm sure they're going to have great careers on, on top of this. But they are running on friggin' fumes, man. Not just physically, but mentally as well. You're exhausted. You grab that that um, the you grab that AL West for just a second, and you're trying to cling on for dear life. You're watching the Blue Jays. You can't help but watch what the Rangers are doing. Now, all of a sudden, they're about to start surging. right? You look at what the Rangers are doing, first of all, uh, offensively, and this is what I'm worried about because you're going about to go down into Texas here after you deal with Oakland, right? So, is there, you know, is, there, is that Rangers offense back? They scored 19 runs over the last two games, um, which is, I'm telling you right now, they can get by with that bullpen. They can take these off the bullpen if they're going to put up a six spot. That's what worries me. That gives Chapman a chance to crawl back in. That gives some of their other bullpen arms a chance to crawl back in. Offensively, they may be back. The Astros are that complete team. I talked about this with the Tampa Bay Rays. The Mariners ran into a complete team on the weekend uh, after playing likes of you know the White Sox, um, the the Royals, the uh, you know I'll even say the Reds had some massive holes. They played a complete team and they're running on fumes when they did it. So that scares me a little bit. It's going to be a tough road, and that's where if you're a bullpen arm in this stretch, Grant Balfour's talked about this a ton. You're going to say, you know what, whatever it takes, I may never, ever get this opportunity to be in this kind of intensity ever again. I'm telling you right now, I barely was in my career. So you got to take that and say, whatever it takes, every time I go out, I am just going to absolutely find that little cue, that mental cue to make me feel like an absolute weapon when I'm out here pitching. It's going to be a crazy, crazy stretch. But the Rangers, man, they're starting to worry me again here. 
Um, Corey Seager's absolutely tearing the cover off the ball. Marcus Semien, all of a sudden, has reached base six times over the last two games, scoring four runs. He's starting to, to, to figure it out. So again, the the team that when they're so good, the Rangers they're built off on off offense. That Mariners they've got to find that magic again. They've got to settle in, take a breath, go back to that different um and ta- that different expectation like they did coming out of the trade deadline. Where it's like, oh, maybe we're not that good. We're six games back from the wild card, and they're not giving us any extra pieces. And they can just whoo, take a breath, settle in, get after it. All right, let's talk about this one. The Angels have said they're willing to trade Mike Trout this winter. Mike Trout has thought, hmm, maybe this might be a good idea. So I asked this question, and I'm asking this because of the conversation Grant Balfour and I had on the last episode. And if you didn't listen to it, go back and listen to it because Grant nails it with this point, man. Otani, first of all, Shohei Otani, free agent at the end of the year, he needs to have surgery, right? He has to have not the half-ass um, whatever it's called, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of the the Bryce Harper um, surgery that we talked about last week that Grant always talks about. Um, I'm talking the full-fledged 12-month Tommy John, cut it open, get it done, right? Um, what's it called? The brace. Oh, man, I'm, I'm uh, internal brace, it's called. It's um, it's one that, it's called the internal brace, uh, Tommy John. It's kind of like a minor, more of a minor one where you can come back a little faster. Look, the dude's had surgery before. I don't want to bang on this too much. But in 2024, if you expect Shohei Otani to come back to that elite level Otani, like 100 miles per hour split sweeper, new sweeper, filthiness, and then go hit 40 bombs, 2024 is so crucial. What I think with Otani, what's going to happen, and me and Grant talked about it, so if you missed it, go back and listen to it. He's going to come out of the gates, spring training, and want to hit right out of the gates and go, you know what? I can still do the same rehab. Dude, there is no way you can get back to 100 100 miles per hour for 2025 and pitch if you are going, if you expect to be in a situation where you are dead set hitting every day on a team. Now, if you just signed as a free agent, big expectations, you know, a whole bunch of hoopla, they're going to want you to hit right away. If you expect to have the same recovery process, and it does take 12 months, if you've never had surgery or been around these guys, it is a bumpy roller coaster of a. Of everyone's like, oh, you come back from Tommy John, you throw harder. Bullshit. Especially when it's your second one. You come back with your recovery. You come back with how you recover. How the hell are you going to recover? First of all, the first four months, the lifting is going to be completely different, right? For the, the, the rotational power is going to be completely different as a hitter. All that. If um, and, and then you're going to expect to come back and hit. You're going to try and overdo it in month of April, May, and it's going to affect you. All right, I guarantee it. So 2024, if you expect Otani to get back to throwing 196 to 100 with nastiness and be efficient and be healthy, injury-free, I'm t- and Grant made a great point. You bet not. You're not going to see him hit. I think until July next year, and you might be going, "Huh?" I'm telling you right now, that's what it's going to take. In saying that, Mike Trout has come out and said, "Oh, sorry, the Angels have come out and said, hey, you know what?" Uh, we're willing to to trade uh, Mike Trout. So I ask you this: If you had the option, let's okay, the Mariners, right? Whatever team, whatever team you follow, but let's say the Mariners. All right, Mariners, you got Julio in center field. Mike Trout's available. You can pull off a trade, and the value is going to be a little lower right now because he's coming off uh, an injury, right? 
uh, where he's been injured, he's he's gone down a couple times, and you're going to say, well, he gets injured all the time, whatever. All right, so you're looking at his deal left. I think he's like seven years of 258. So you're looking around like 35, 36 mil a year for Mike Trout. Now you may even get the the Angels aren't going to pick up any of that. I don't think. But you're looking at you're going to have Mike Trout under team control until 20, well until 2030. All right, he's just gotten into his 30s. All right, he's the guy's a stud. Now I look at him and say, you know, he's an absolute weapon. Any little issue he has, he's going to pick it right back up. Because anytime he's had kind of like a down year, 2017, for example, when you're talking about, you know, some barrel percentage, like barrel percentage in 2017 is 13%. And you then climb back up to 16, then 19%, right? In 2018, 2019, COVID year was a bit weird. And then you got back up to the 18, 19s the last couple of years. Okay, so he's 31 years old. He's a dude to me that if he has a down year, boom, next year, he's figuring it out, coming right back. And I'm not saying, saying that... Otani's not going to return to form. Don't get me wrong. What All I'm saying is with Mike Trout is that you literally are going to have huge offensive production, especially for the first from 31 to 35, 36. He's just that dude, like athletically. I know he gets, I know you probably think, well, he goes down with injuries all the time. But I think he's not a dude walking around with a big belly, right? He's not a dude walking around with like where he's, he's um, out of shape or the last five years has been different. And again, look, I'm not... He's not one-dimensional either. You see some of that with the, with some of these players right now. Miguel Cabrera has played until he's 40, and his body completely changed. Like, if you looked at him back in the day, he was a young, athletic player. Now you look at him, and, you know, in the last uh, half of his career, he's been an absolute stud, but he changed. He became one-dimensional. He was just all about um, on-base power. I look at Mike Trout and say he will get one-dimensional when he gets to his late 30s, and that's, what, seven, eight, nine years away. Right. So, and that's, and by the way, he's, his contracts up when he is at age. I got to look this up. I think it's 2030, right? So you look at that and say, okay, in six, in, in six years or so, his contracts up anyway. So again, he, you're talking, talking 36, 37 years old. So all I'm saying is this. And by the way, Albert Paul, same thing, right? Now, I'm not saying Albert Paul was a, you know, super fast runner when he started, but at the same time, he's that one dimensional power threat in the middle of the line. A great hitter, changed the lineup 100%. But Mike Trout's a little bit different. So if you're looking at this saying, okay, while everyone's focused on Otani, those teams are really trying to go hard. The Mariners, by the way, I'm using them as an example. They like to go via trade more than free agent, as we've seen lately, because they kind of have to. Honestly, they kind of have to. Recruiting's been difficult. It really has. When you're talking about some of the competition or or the way they want to use their budget, for whatever reason, I'm looking at Trout going, man, please. Oh my God, I would like, so if it was up to me, Otani or Mike Trout, for, for a couple of quick reasons, just, just to, to sum up, Otani, how he goes about 2024, if I see him hitting in a big league uni, put it this way, if I see him hitting in the month of April, right, DHing, and he's, he won't have that arm brace on, but doesn't matter, I cannot, and you can mark, you can mark this down if you want, I don't see him returning to the elite pitcher that he was pre-injury, straight up. If Otani, April, May, June, we don't see him hitting, sure. He can have that enough recovery time for 2025 for his arm injury to move on and go on. Now, Otani's going to, it's going to cost you 10 years worth, right? Like we've talked about. I get, trust me, I get you make a bunch of money over in Japan, et cetera. But I'm talking about on-field performance, how Mike Trout could change your lineup. Mike Trout, on the other hand, you're looking at, you have to put up with his contract, right? 36 mil a year until he's what, 37, 38 years old. 
He still has the element of speed. He still has the element of athleticism. He can play a position. You can slide him over into right field. Let's say Teoscar Hernandez leaves, or even left field, whatever. Put Julio and 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 Trouty out there in the outfield, and then and you also have a situation where he does so many different things offensively besides just on base and power. Like he, he he's a game changer, man. And again, we sometimes we forget. And I think with Mike Trout being injured, you forget how good he is. He doesn't get the recognition even nationally because he's playing for the Angels as well, right? That's that's come on, that, that's just being legit. But again, I think this is going to create some craziness this winter. I'm not saying the Mariners are just going to go in and trade the farm for him, but um, by the way, speaking of that, his value is going to be his value is going to be lower because he's coming off injuries. He's not coming off this year where he's hit 40 bombs or whatever it may be. So you factor some of these things in, and I'm just telling you, I don't know. You tell me. Would you rather have Otani for all the reasons I just said? Would you rather go after, let's say it's December 2023? Are you going after Trout or are you going after Otani? Again, it'd be so fun to watch Otani. I get it. But I'm talking about a pure, how does it change your lineup, right? How does it change your team if you had these guys in the thick of it? For all the reasons I said, please factor in what we talked about in the last episode too um, with the recovery of Otani. All right. A couple more things just to wrap up here. The Mariners, like I said, have got a tough stretch coming up. But uh, a lot's going on. I am planning on going back to Australia this December. I can't wait. There's a couple other things I'm really excited to uh, announce. But any questions you have, I love doing this. Usually on these episodes where I'm rolling solo, you guys interact with me. So you guys ask me a question. You can reach out to me at hyphen18 or at uh, the Top Step um, Top Step Podcast on, on Twitter. Reach out. Ask me a question. I'm happy to answer it. I'm happy to tell any story you may want to hear or, or if you got... You know, some some angle or, or something you want to talk about with any team, let me know. I love doing that. They're, they're, they're fun when we get to do that. All right, team. Let's get going. Come on, Mariners. Let's let's figure this out, man. Let, let's let's get that vibe back. Let's go out and smash the Angels tonight. Uh, put up a six spot in the second and then cruise into Oakland after you de- deal with the Dodgers and everything else. Guys, I'm out of here. Uh We'll see you next time. I'm gonna have Balfour on the next episode to talk it out. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask him Otani or Trout. But you, you guys, tell me. All right, guys, make sure you go subscribe. I'm done. We'll catch you next time right here on the Top Step.